Today's scripture reading is John 10, 1 through 21. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, He has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Anybody else just a little bit annoyed that Jesus calls us sheep? I mean, honestly, like, think about that for a moment. It's a little insulting, right? Maybe you've thought about this before. I mean, maybe, maybe you've even played the game at some point. Like, if you could be any animal, what would it be? Sheep? Anybody? Anybody at all? I mean, I, I'd be a bear. Uh, you probably know that already. Um, especially, not, not just any bear, but I'd be one of the ones from Alaska, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, one like that, who just, like, eats salmon all summer long until he can barely stand up. And then just sleep all winter. I mean, it'd be amazing, right? Uh, in, in fact, in Katmai National Park, uh, they do, they have Fat Bear Week. Anybody familiar with this? Uh, Brian, I know you are. Yeah, you, I think you sent it to me first. Yeah. So it, you vote, it's like brackets. You vote on your favorite fat bear. Um, it's great. You'll love it. Try it this fall. This is actually last year's winner. This is Otis 480. Look at the before and after here. Uh, that's pretty impressive, right? That's after less than two months of unlimited sushi, right? And that's, that's what it looks like. I want to be a bear, right? Bears, bears are solitary creatures. They live in beautiful places. And they're majestic, right? That's, that's what I want to be, right? Instead, and I know we've shown this at least once, probably more. I'm going to show it anyway. Uh, instead, Jesus says, this is, this is more like you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I mean, every time, right? I've seen that so many, every time I'm like, I laugh and then I'm like, but that kind of hurts, right? Jesus, really? And then I'm like, but that is kind of familiar because how many times have I said, well, I'm not going to do that again, right? Only to jump into the same stupid ditch, right? We, we do this. And the Bible actually talks a lot about us, uses that metaphor for us as sheep on a pretty regular basis, Old and New Testaments. Like, why? Why does, why does the Bible call us sheep? Well, I, th- I think there are two reasons in particular. The, the first you can actually read about in a recent study from the University of Leeds. Uh, the, the title of the, the report is, is a Sheep in Human Clothing, Scientists Reveal Our Flock Mentality. And so I think this is part of the, that first reason that we can't help but move with the crowd, you and I. We love it. We love, we love to do it. We can't help ourselves, right? Have you, ever, have you ever gotten into a line, like not because you needed to, but just because it was there? Of course you have. All of us have, right? So we do that or, or move with the crowd uh, to the wrong place, right? Or to no place at all. Like we do this. People are smart. Crowds are stupid, and even, even just think about the, the, the flock mentality, the herd mentality uh, of, of the stock market, right? Or of politics or fashion. Like we love to, to segment into different groups and sects and cliques, right? We, we do this constantly. We can't help ourselves. We are sheep. We love herds. We love to be able to, to just sort of follow the crowd, right? So we need a shepherd. That's, that's the first thing. The second, though, the second way that we're like sheep is that in our herd-like stupidity, I think this is part of what Jesus is getting at here, in our herd-like stupidity, we'll follow anyone, right? Which, which makes us incredibly vulnerable. And we, we, do this, we do this on a regular basis. Like we're, We'll follow anyone who tells us over here is safety or some sort of satisfaction or comfort, right? And we're like, okay. Right? We're, not even, we're not even that picky about who we follow. Right? Just wait for the next election. Right? You, we know this. We'll follow anyone, even to our own destruction. So it's not even just that we need a shepherd. There are shepherds all over the place. Right? There are tons of people who would love to, follow, to, to lead you, right? to lead us. We don't need just any shepherd. We need the good shepherd. That's who we need. And in John 10, if you haven't turned there already, go ahead and do that. In John 10, like this is actually really the distinction that Jesus begins with, right? By talking actually first about bad shepherds. And we've, we've had enough of bad shepherds, if we're honest, right? Haven't we? Right? We've had those people in our lives. Bad, bad relationships, bad friendships, bad parents, bad bosses, corrupt politicians, corrupt superstars, corrupt pastors, Right? Which is, which is really what Jesus is getting at in this, this context here. He's, he's talking about the bad religious leaders in, in that first century world. If, if you were here last week, you might remember the, the previous story, right? Brent preached for us here. Uh, and he t- talked about this, the blind man, right, who got his sight. But that the real message of the story is that everybody in that story is blind, right? The only, only the blind person knows it. Like only he is aware of it. And the religious leaders are blindest of all in that story, Right? And so it's right after that story where Jesus begins this this teaching. And he says in verse 1, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. 
a thief and a robber who comes to kill, steal, and destroy, right? That's what Jesus says about their pastors, right? Which, which is what makes it so abhorrent, right? The, the spiritual leaders are, they're supposed to protect, right? They're, they're supposed to respect and love, right? That's what they're supposed to do. But that's not what was happening in the first century. And it's not always what happens today, right? I just, I just want to say, if you've been hurt by bad shepherds, it is not okay. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. And, and while we are far from perfect here, right, and we will, we will disappoint you, I guarantee it, we want to be a place of, of health and healing in this, in this place. Like, we, we long for that as a community, right? We don't, we don't want to fall into these traps that so many have over the years. Because our, our world is full of bad shepherds. Elsewhere, Jesus calls them wolves, right? And so that's, that's the context. You combine that with our herd mentality, the ease with which we will follow just about anyone. And church, we need a shepherd. And as we look at these verses, Jesus is going to describe the kind of shepherd that we need. And three characteristics in particular, the kind of shepherd that he promises to be for his sheep. So in, in contrast to the robber, right? Verse 2. In, in contrast to the thief and robber, verse 2. But he, he who enters by the door, like he's not sneaking in, right? Is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. And sheep, the sheep follow him for they know his voice. And then if you skip down to verse 14, he says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. And then verse 27, right, very similar. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And so you can't, you can't miss it. Like Jesus is so emphatic, right? He keeps saying it over and over in this, this section. I love this, that our, our shepherd knows us. And not just, not just knows us, he knows us by name. That's, that's the first thing. We need a shepherd who knows us by name, who really knows us, who sees us, who knows, knows us better than we even know ourselves, right? I mean, even, just, even just think for a moment, how many people we follow on a regular basis who have no idea who we are? I mean, it's kind of shocking if you stop to like, think about that for a moment. Like, wow, I have no idea who we are. I mean, depending on the size of your company, it could be your boss, Depending on the size of your class, right? It could, be, it could be your teacher. Our politicians, they don't know us. Whoever it is you follow on Instagram, some of them, the influencers, right, or YouTube, right, they don't, they don't know who we are. They lead us, and we follow, but they don't know us. And I, I realize, like, some of that's inevitable, right? I don't expect... Cliff to know everybody at Garmin, right? Of course, you wouldn't expect that. I don't, I don't expect Sharice Davids to know, but she texts me occasionally, I guess. Um, but I don't, I don't actually expect her to know who I am, right? Of course not. We, we don't expect that. We don't have that expectation. But that's what makes this so remarkable, is that Jesus does. All of us. He knows all of his sheep. He knows us by name, inside and out. He knows everything about us, and he calls out to us, even by our own name. I mean, isn't that what we want from our leaders, right? Like we, want, we want parents who see us, right? We want a boss who still understands the kind of work that we do. 
We want politicians who are still in touch with what it means to be a normal human, right? We want, we want pastors who know what it's like on Monday. Like, these are the kinds of people that we want to follow, people who know us. And church, this, this really gripped me this week. I mean, I, I believe that Jesus knows my name, right, or whatever, yada, yada, yada. Of course, of course we all, we, maybe we do, right? We, we have that cognitively, but there's something about it this week when I studied this. I don't know if I just felt particularly alone or unseen or whatever it was, and maybe you've been in those places where you're just like, would, would somebody just see me, just really see me? And then to hear Jesus calling you by name, for him to say, I am your shepherd, follow me, Right? to quiet ourselves enough to actually hear his tender voice, Nathan, I got you. Nathan Andrew Miller, I know you, I see you, follow me. Let me take care of you. And so little sheep, which is, all, you know, I'm talking to you, right, church? Think about that for a moment. I mean, Jesus says, Sarah, I know you, I see you. David, let me lead you. Let me love you. Let me follow you. Jesus is saying that to us. Leah, well, she left. I don't know where she's at, but, <laughs> but Jesus does, right? <laughs> it's amazing. It's incredible. Like that, that is like our God, our Savior knows us that intimately, that personally, right? That he calls us out by name. I mean, maybe I don't want to be a bear after all this is our shepherd. And friends, Jesus, he doesn't stop there. That's just the first thing. Look, look how this continues. Look at verse, verse 10. It says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Again, you see the contrast of what he's doing, right? Good shepherds and bad shepherds, right? That there are evil shepherds who come to steal, kill, and destroy, right? Who want to, who want to lead you, Right? But at best, they're hired hands. And so when the going gets tough, they actually care nothing about you, right? That's, that's the best case scenario, Jesus is saying. Or at worst, they're predators. They're wolves in sheep's clothing seeking to devour you. But our shepherd is willing to lay down his life for us. Like, and even just think about the, the metaphor that Jesus is using here. He's willing to be devoured by wolves for you if that's what it takes to keep you safe. Like, given the opportunity, if I have to be eaten by wolf, that's what, Jesus, that's what he's getting at. If it means protecting his sheep, he would do that. Like, what kind of, what kind of shepherd does that? Ours. And in a world as broken as ours is, this is the kind of shepherd we need, isn't it? We need a shepherd who protects us from evil. That's the second thing, who protects us from evil. Now, I know I've already told you my favorite bear story, 
It's a while ago. But I have the microphone, and I'm running out of stories, people, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll be quick with it. Uh, but my favorite like, bear encounter story for us as a family, uh, it was uh, in California uh, a f- couple years ago. Um, and, I mean, it was, it was it's a great story. It's, it's a terrible story. So uh, we, were, we were hiking, of course, and we came around a corner and basically like, bumped into a bear. Uh, this guy, actually. Um, that's actually the one. Uh, I took that picture later when we were farther away and safe. Uh, but we basically just came around a corner. We didn't actually bump into him, but he and I did. We made eye contact. Uh, and he was like 10 feet away. It was like way too close, right? And so in this, this moment, right, in this, this was, I'm there with my family, right, this split second, what, what do I think first? I think I could probably outrun my kids at least, right? <laughs> I could probably push my least favorite one in, I mean, might as well, right? No, of course not. Like, no, not for a moment. And it's like, I don't even remember consciously thinking anything in that moment. But you know what? I was always between the bear and my family, right? There's no way. I don't, I don't know how that happened. It just happened, right? And if I had to, I would have said, guys, you leave. I'm going to fight this bear to the death, right? I think I could, could have taken him, right? No, of course not. Like, there's no chance. But I would have done that. I wouldn't have even thought, thought about that, right? Of course, of course I would have for my family. Who wouldn't? Bears, like, bears are nothing. Wolves are nothing, people. There is real evil in our world. Longing to destroy you. There are evil people, evil systems, evil in here, evil everywhere. And we have an adversary who wants nothing more than to devour you. We don't like to think about that, right? I prefer to believe that that's not true. But there, there's an evil one who would, who, would, who would love for your marriage to fail. And will do anything he can to achieve that. Who would love to alienate you from your kids. And is at work trying that right now, right? Who, who would love to, to continue to whisper to you how to justify your own self-destructive habits so that you keep doing them, right? Who would, who would love to keep you bitter towards that one person, right? Who, who's constantly doing that, lying to us over and over and over again. I don't, I don't want to overstate it, and I, but I also know that it's really hard for us to believe, right, that there's supernatural evil in our world, like we're living in some Stephen King novel. We don't, we don't, we don't like it. But Jesus clearly believed it, right? That there are wolves on the hunt seeking to devour you. Who would like nothing more than to destroy you and everything good in your life, trying to eat you. But we have a shepherd who stands between us and them who says, you'll have to devour me first, right? And it's not, I, lo- I love this that Jesus says, because it, it's not like a hunker down, let's hide from the big bad world kind of, kind of thing. No, it's not that at all. Because he also says that he's the door of the sheep, of the sheep pen, which is, is the shepherd. That, that's how it functioned in that world. They didn't actually have like a gate there, but the shepherd would sleep in that, that section, right? So he, he, the shepherd is the door, but it's kind of a weird metaphor. But look, look what he says in verse 9. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I just love that little detail. It's not, a, it's not a call to isolation, right, or self-protection. The sheep aren't, we're not locked up in our nice little commune, comfortable until Jesus comes to get us, right? That's not, that's not the idea at all. We go in and out. And yet, even as we do, right, even in our harsh and scary world, our shepherd is our protection, right? 
And ultimately, this is what he does for us on the cross, right? That these wolves, these religious leaders, they are going to crucify him, right? But his death is our life, right? He dies actually truly in our place so that, verse 10, we may have life and have it abundantly. I mean, Kelly and the kids were terrified on that hike. So it was I, I'm completely honest. It was the start of like an eight-mile hike too. So every, every corner, every turn, every noise, was, we're terrified, right? But I don't think there was a moment that they doubted that I would do whatever I had to in that space to try to care for them, to try to protect them, right? But I'm just me. Like, what am I going to do, right? The bear would have ripped my face off. There's like, it's not very hopeful. But this shepherd we have. He's also divine. Like he, he, in this passage, he's claiming to be God himself and that he holds us firmly in his hand, he says. Which, which is the third thing. We need a shepherd who holds us and never lets go. Who has both the power and the love. It takes both, right? To hold us and to never let us go. Look at, look at verse 27. It says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. It's a pretty, pretty big claim there, right? It's no wonder that these religious leaders kill him. There's a couple of things that Jesus says there, right? First of all, he gives us eternal life as a sheep. That's, that's pretty great, right? It's, it's an amazing gift that we will never perish, he says, ultimately. That even the darkest evil, like death itself, even that cannot ultimately touch us. And that no one can snatch us out of his hand. Or out of the Father's hand. He says both, right? Because it's the same hand, right? I and the Father are one, he says. I mean, this is a picture, this is a picture of both incredible tenderness, and I just, I just, I pray that you would feel that right now, that if you're in a place of fear or just overwhelmed, you're stressed, anxious, you feel alone, you feel depressed, whatever, whatever it is, or maybe you just feel your own shame, I just, I pray that you would feel that right now, that you are in his hand, the tenderness of that, that he's holding you close, that you would see it and feel it now, even in this moment, you are there in his hand. So first of all, it's the tenderness, right? This incredible picture of tenderness, but also security. What can, it, what can hurt you in that place? You're safe with him. Nothing can snatch you out. Nothing can ultimately harm you or destroy you. And so if you feel afraid, if you're desperate, or... or or you just feel like your faith is just so weak, right? Or your pile of messes is just so big. And if you're honest, more often what you do when you imagine Jesus is him going like this with you, right? Just wiping his hands, I'm done, right? Not our shepherd. Not our shepherd. Nothing can snatch you out of his hand. And so the question, the only question left for us really is this. Are you one of his sheep? Are you? Because, I mean, Jesus is pretty clear here. He's not everyone's shepherd, right? He's not imposing himself on people who don't want him, right? He's, he's only the shepherd for those who are his sheep. So are you one of them? I mean, gosh, I hope so, right? 
How do I know? Well, Jesus tells us, actually. He tells us uh, a handful of times in a variety of different ways, but it's all very similar. He says the sheep are the ones who recognize his voice. His sheep know him, and they follow him. They follow his voice. They know their shepherd, and they go with him wherever he leads. I mean, church, there are so many competing voices in our lives. I mean, so many shepherds vying for our attention, affection, and allegiance all over the, all over the place. Trust me. Follow me. Happiness is over here. Safety is over here, right? Who are you listening to? I mean, I think if we're honest, some of us have so many competing voices in our life that we wouldn't, we wouldn't recognize Jesus if he came, you know, riding on the clouds on a, on a white horse, right? Spend so many hours listening to our friends or to social media, talk radio, news, you know, all the grand wisdom you can find on Netflix. You got to begin by that. Like, can you even hear his voice over all the noise, right? If you really want to hear him, you have to quiet yourself once in a while. Quiet your surroundings and listen. And when, when we do that, I think there are three places in particular where we hear his voice. Right, we, could, we could talk about more, but three, three in particular I don't want to highlight. First and foremost, this is his word. This is actually where we learn the sound of his voice, right? This is where we learn to recognize his voice, the kinds of things that he says, right? The kinds, kinds of ways in which he says that is in his word. He has written this for us. There's so much here for us to know and understand. And if you want to, if you want to be one of his sheep, like, you've, you've got to get to know him. You've got, this, is, this is where we do that, is in his words. So you've got you to read this book. You've got to study it. Um, you've got to sit under its teaching on a weekly basis. My microphone here. So. Is that better? Um, you have to put yourself in a place where you can hear. That's the first. It's, it's just through his word. You've got to do that first. That's where we learn the sound of his voice. Second is through his people. Like, through other sheep who maybe at that moment are seeing something that you don't see or are hearing something you're not hearing, right? Who, who are in your life who can, who can speak on behalf of the shepherd to you, right? A trusted friend who's following Jesus, right, who knows you well enough and has the courage to speak truth in your life once in a while. You've got to have those people in your life, and you've got to, be, you've got to posture yourself in such a way that you'll listen, right? I mean, I, it's happened to me this week, and I'm sure probably, uh, probably happens every week, right? But this one in particular, because I was, I was working on this sermon as this happened, but one of my, one of my closest friends, uh, she said to me something that I frankly didn't want to hear, but I needed to hear, right? And in that moment, it was as if the shepherd was using her to speak God's truth into my life, right? So that's the second. And then third is, is through his spirit, like the subtle, quiet promptings of what's right, wrong, what's, what's next, and this is the hardest one because it's like, well, is that, is that God's spirit or is that just what I really want to do anyway and I'm just trying to like talk myself into it? Like, is it my voice? Like, we do that, right? And this is why the other two are so important. You have to understand what he sounds like, right? You have to understand his word and, and, and you know, th- through, you know, it, his people, right? Helping us as we understand his promptings in our life. But are, are you listening? And if, and if you're hearing this and you're like, I'm, I'm actually really not interested in any of this. Like, I just prefer not to have a shepherd at all, right? I want to I do my own thing. Let me, let me just first of all say, I don't think that's true because all of us want to be known. We want to be protected. We want to be held, right? Everybody does, right? We all want those things. Um, and even if you say, like, I'm not going to follow this shepherd, you are following somebody, 
right? You're being shaped by someone, right? You're being shaped by our culture. You're being shaped by your own broken desires. Like, we, we are being shepherded, whether you want to or not. But even, even if you just, like, I just can't believe this stuff. And I, I get that. I really, I really do, okay? It's hard, it's hard to believe this stuff. I know, I know. But I, I want you to know that I believe the shepherd, even right now, is calling you. I think he actually even mentions you in this passage, you who are not yet his sheep. I think, I think he does, actually, in verse, in verse 16. He says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. Now, in the context there, Jesus certainly means the Gentiles, right? Those of us who are non-Jewish, that he's going he's gonna to welcome us in. I, absolutely he means that. But I think, I think it also means anyone who's not yet his sheep. Like th- that Jesus is still looking for you. The shepherd is still calling out to you. He wants, he wants you to be a part of this, this family, a part of this, this flock. He longs for that in your life. For you, that he's looking for you even now, that his heart is still for you even now. Friends, there, there are so many voices. Kind of imagine it like, imagine yourself, you know, playing basketball. And you're out there on the court, right? And everyone in the, in the stands is just shouting. They're just, they're just giving you instructions, like shoot, don't shoot, pass, dribble, do this, don't do that. And that's our world, right? Everybody, everybody has an opinion on how you should live your life, right? Everybody does. And then, and then you add your own internal voices, like, well, should I pass? Should I shoot? Should I dribble? I don't, I don't know, right? If I'm completely honest, I don't know the best way to live my own life, right? If we're honest with ourselves, that's true of all of us. But if you know your coach's voice, friend, if you know your shepherd's voice, the one who's calling out to you by name, who knows you, who knows you, who promises to keep you safe, to protect you from all evil, who, who holds you in his hand and will never let you go. I mean, if that's true, people, let me ask it again. If you could be any animal in the world, what would you be? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I am still a little bit irritated that you call us sheep. And yet there's something so beautiful here when you are our shepherd. And so help us be your sheep. Help us follow you as you lead us wherever you want to take us to know that you love us, you care for us, you protect us, and you hold us close. And so God, I just, I pray even now for those uh, here who are just really hurting for whatever reason, um, I pray that they would know your nearness as, as their shepherd, Jesus, that you would comfort them. Lord Jesus, I pray as well for those here who are not yet your sheep. Lord, I pray that they would hear your voice, even in this moment, calling to them by name, inviting them in, and that they would come to you. And as we gather now around your table, Lord Jesus, remind us of what you've done for us in order to make this true in our lives. We love you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.